So today we continue this series on the uh, Ten Commandments. We're in the uh, Fifth Commandment. And, um, you know, the First Commandments are really about our relationship with God. And now we move into our relationships with other, others. And uh, here's one that's um, about our most important relationships. And that's our relationships with our uh, mother and father. So let me read um, two scriptures, one from Exodus, the commandment, and then one from Ephesians, uh, Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus. So let's pray first and ask God to speak to us. God, as we approach uh, this very important commandment and uh, what may be for some a very difficult commandment, I pray that you would give me uh, sensitivity and that your grace would come through uh, really clearly in this commandment. Um, May our hearts be open, our minds be open to uh, what you have to tell us this morning. And may we be encouraged and also challenged uh, by your word to us. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. So first, the commandment from Exodus. Honor your father and mother, so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. And then um, from Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus. And, you know, we often see in the Old Testament kind of commentary or expansion of of the law from the Old Testament. And this is uh, what Paul is doing here. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and the instruction of the Lord. You know, oftentimes in ministry and over my many years in ministry, I've had the privilege of being with families as they um, are with their mother or father uh, in the last days of their lives. And I remember one such occasion very clearly, even though it's, it's happened a number of years ago now, we had a, a beloved physician in our congregation who was dying of cancer, and the cancer had spread to his bones, which you probably know is very, very painful and not an easy way to die. And so over the course of a number of weeks, I didn't really know this family very well, but over the course of a few weeks leading up to his death, I was able to be with this family quite a bit. And actually, I I went quite a few times. They lived on a ranch, um, an almond ranch, just a beautiful piece of property, a neat home. And um, it was just great to be with this family. And I think one of the reasons I went so often was because it was a remarkable family. And as I um, watched this family care for one another as their father and husband died, I felt like I really had a window into God, God's intention for families. Um, Dr. Steele was so gracious and loving and patient. Um, proud of his kids. Even in all this pain, I could see he was a very gracious, very loving, very giving person, and so respectful of his children, who are now um, well into their 50s themselves with with their own um, grown children, adult children. 
But I remember they flew from all over the country. They all had, uh, they were all very successful and they all came from different parts of the country to fly to be with their father for the, these last weeks of his life. Um, I remember just observing such deep respect and care and, and tenderness. And it really was one of the most profound experiences in my ministry. Um, and that's why I remember it so clearly. And I thought to myself, uh, after being with this family for a number of weeks, I was just a young dad of young children at the time. I thought, oh, I hope, I hope, I pray <laughs> that I can be like him with my kids. And that the end of my life will be similar. Um, I have also seen the other end of the spectrum. You know, if, the, if this is God's intention, I've also seen the brokenness and the pain of not so great uh, parental relationships. In premarital counseling, I often spend a lot of time with a couple talking about their families of origin because they have such an influence on us. And what we experience in our families, we bring to our own families. And on so many occasions, as as we just begin to delve into this relationship with one or both parents, tears begin to flow. And the brokenness is um, so apparent and so painful of a father maybe who was absent or distant or authoritarian or a mother who was controlling or critical or, or cruel, you know, or the other way around, whatever it might be, brokenness and not what God intends for our families. And I often think to myself as I hear these stories, because oftentimes these, these children are amazing people, <laughs> just beautiful people. And I often think, how, how could this parent not care for and, and nurture this child? And so there's this spectrum you know, and, and sometimes we, we talk about horrible, horrible abuse, whether it be verbal or physical or sexual, that children, you know, experience at the hands of their parents. Not what God intended. So two ends of the spectrum, and all of us here today probably find ourselves, you know, somewhere along that, that spectrum, from brokenness to, to maybe... Uh, what God really intended. And regardless of where we lie on this spectrum, this fifth commandment, honor your father and mother, is given to us. It's universal. And this is one of those times when you preach that you think, oh, this is gonna be, it's going to be hard for some people to hear today. Um, and you realize very quickly with this commandment, that this is gospel. In other words, it's grace-oriented. Because it doesn't say anything about a parent deserving honor or love. And so for many of us, that may mean figuring out how to honor a parent or parents that don't deserve to be honored. They don't deserve it. And as in all our relationships, we may just have to give our parents a ton of grace and unconditional love because that is how God has loved us. So this commandment just says, 
honor your father and your mother. Now, obvious question, and not an easy question to answer, is how do we do that? What does that look like? And why did God give us this commandment? Well, let's unpack it a little bit. Honor, it begins with. Now, that word is very important in Hebrew. It means, maybe the closest translation is, it means to weigh heavy, to take someone seriously, to um, not to treat them lightly, but to treat them with seriousness. Um, It doesn't imply unilateral obedience or maybe even feelings of love. You know, we can't force feelings of love but rather treating someone with care and respect in both word and deed. And so there is the commandment, honor your father and mother, and then there is this promise. The first time we see a promise, the only time we see a promise, in the Ten Commandments. So that your days may be long in, in the land that the Lord your God is giving you given you. And so out of the Ten Commandments, this is the only one that has a promise. Although, as I said from the very beginning of this series, um, all these commandments have this promise. Even though this is the only one that, you know, explicitly says so, uh, because God is saying to us, you know, I've created you. This is the best way to live life Follow these commandments and you will live life as I have intended you to live life and it will be blessed. Um, So this commandment is a very clear example, again, of this truth that we don't break the commandments, we break ourselves against the commandments and when we disobey them, it hurts us. And that is so clear to to see. You know, you commit adultery, it's going to hurt you. It's going to hurt the one you love. It's going to hurt, you know, all kinds of people around you. Uh, If you murder, obviously, not a good thing for you or others. So um, it's a clear example of that truth. And this is very clear because we all know the relationship that we have with our parents is their primary relationships. They're key relationships. They have a huge influence on the people that we become and how we live our whole lives. Uh, we, we bring our relationship with our parents into all other relationships, including, you know, our, our marriage relationship if we are married. I remember a movie long ago called Our Story. It wasn't a big hit or anything. Um, I don't even remember who was in it. I don't really remember much about it, but I remember one scene where this, I think they're a newlywed couple, they're, they're sitting up in bed, so the camera's down there, they're looking at the camera, and they're talking, and they're talking about some pretty important issues in their marriage, and then the camera widens, and here uh, the view is, his parents are over here, and her parents are over here in the bed with them, you know, signifying that, wow, you bring those relationships in, into your marriage. And that was a beautiful example of this, right? All those of you who are married, do you, would, would you agree? <laughs> and I would say you can even widen that out to your grandparents. That they're sitting there too and have an influence on 
who you are. You know, I, I love those shows about finding your roots and all those things, you know. Uh, and I remember one I saw was uh, Martha Stewart. And it turns out, as they did, you know, traced her ancestry, generations of artisans in her family. Isn't that amazing? And John McCain, I remember, had a, a grandparent, a great-great-grandparent, probably, who was in prison in the Civil War as a soldier. I mean, it's just amazing. All that stuff comes in. So we bring all that into our, our relationships, and, and who we are is so much shaped by our parents, our self-image, our confidence, our lack of confidence, our ability to get things done, our ability to, um, our potential for intimacy in a relationship. All of these things can be tied into our relationship with our parents. That's why it's so important that we do the best we can with it. Because if we're angry or we're bitter toward our parents, it's going to hurt us. And that's the problem with being a victim, right? You have the thing that's done against you, and then you got to deal with, you know, forgiving and trying to heal. Uh, but that's, for many of us, our lives. So not resolving issues and not treating your parents with honor um, it can have an effect on your spouse, your kids, with just about everybody in your life. And God knows this. He's created us. And he knows how crucial this relationship is. So God wants us to be free, to live free and long lives, like this promise. So in this commandment, God is saying, get it right as best as you can with your parents for their good, for your good, and for the good of those around you. So if this is key, and it seems like it is, then how do we do it? What does it mean for us to honor our parents, to weigh them heavy? Well, let me say at the outset that there is no easy one-size-fits-all people and all families. Families are really complicated. Have you noticed that? <laughs> and everyone is different. And therefore, how we honor our parents may, be, may look different for each one of us. Um, but I can say this with certainty. Part of how we honor our parents depends on what stage of life we're in. This is something that's, that changes as we grow older. And as all of you know, those of you who have been with parents who've, who've passed away, your relationship goes through these different stages where they're very di your relationship with your parents really change, or it should. Um, it's very fluid. You know, as a child, you honor your parents the way you show honor, at least partly, is by obeying them. And this is what the Apostle Paul is saying in Ephesians. Uh, you know, it's really interesting. In this passage in Ephesians, Paul is kind of um, not copying, but he's, it's very much a model of what they called Roman household rules. And it's a whole section of important relationships. Relationships between parents and child, between master and slave, between... Um, uh, who, a number of other different, oh, <laughs> wives and husbands. And the beginning of that whole section is about mutual submission. Uh, and so Paul is outlining how, what that looks like 
for children. And so he kind of says, this is your, as a child, this is your responsibility. As a parent, as a father, he specifically says, this is your uh, responsibility. And in this section, he's exhorting uh, these words toward young children. And so as long as your parents are living under your roof, and, and again, relationships are so different here in the Roman, in the first century, uh, in, in the Roman Empire, a parent owned the child, outright owned them. They had, they had no rights. And so this is really radical uh, in that time as Christians, as new Christians, how we treat each other. And so Paul is saying, man, you honor them by being obedient. You may not agree with everything you say, they say, but you obey them. But there is one caveat, and that is in the Lord. So if, even if a parent tells you to do something that um, is not what God wants for you, you don't obey. There's, in every relationship as a Christian, Christ is the mediator between the two. So in the Lord. And then, <clears throat> and then it says this. Then it says, Fathers, who could be very authoritarian in that time, do not, and I, I love this, and as a former youth pastor, let me tell you, these are good words for parents, both fathers and mothers. Do not provoke your child, or do not, if some, some translations say, do not embitter. Don't be so hard on them that you break their spirit by demanding too much of them or being too hard on them. Wow, that's great advice. And ah, sometimes as a youth pastor, I would see parents doing this with their kids, and I just wanted to say, oh, we've got to lighten up a little bit. You're breaking their spirit. Now, Paul also talks about discipline, which is the other side of love. Yeah, you discipline, but not so hard that you're breaking them or you're embittering them or you're making them angry. So there's this mutuality in the parent-child relationship that Paul is talking about. Parents are to honor children by treating them fairly and with respect and being careful not to break their spirit. But as you mature in your young adulthood, you start realizing, wow, my dad, my mom, they're not perfect people, <laughs> right? Maybe even before that, you begin to realize that. And by the time you are in your 20s, you definitely know the faults of your parents, and remember when you begin to see your, do you remember when you began to see your parents? Remember when you began to see your parents with adult eyes? No longer perfect. And you begin to see they are human just like everybody else. And honoring your parents at this stage, especially as you become financially independent, as you begin possibly to have a family of your own, uh, the relationship changes. And we're not little children anymore. We don't have to obey every single day thing they say to us. So what does honoring look like here is, you know, we listen and we respect and we weigh them heavy and we take them seriously as people, but we make our own decisions. And as parents, then, we're glad when that day comes, right? Because it means they're independent. They're adults. And so we have to set them free, encourage them to make their own decisions, and become big cheerleaders for them, if you weren't already, I hope. 
So, the role shifts. And then as our parents move into old age, and some of us have been through this, we honor them by taking care of them and making sure their needs are met. Um, this isn't always easy. It's not always easy. I, I've been through it with both my parents who have both passed away. Man, roles are reversed. I remember uh, I was so glad that the state took away my mom's driver's license. <laughs> so I didn't have to tell her mom, you're, she was never a very good driver. <laughs> but you know, those, those conversations are hard, right? For both. And so it's interesting that this may have been maybe the primary intent of this commandment, because remember, the society, and this is one of the things about interpreting scripture, you always got to look at this historical social context. There's no great society, no welfare, no uh, social security, none of that. And this time, if a person became old, the only people maybe that took care of them were the children or the, the, the village. Um, no government programs, no safety nets. So if an elderly person was not taken care of by their family, it could be that they were not cared for at all. It was a brutal, brutal time. Now, Today, because of our busyness and distance and, you know, mobility of our society, member, many elderly people are living really lonely, kind of desperate lives because they've been abandoned by their families. So to honor our parents means to help them live the last years of their life with dignity and grace. And that can mean many things, again, depending on the family. It could be financial support. It may mean taking them into our homes. You know, I grew up with my grandmother, my Greek grandmother, Yaya. She was with me, our family, our whole lives. And if we hadn't done that, it would have been really hard for her. So you do what you need to do, but we don't abandon them. We keep in touch. We let them know we appreciate what they have done for us. And sometimes that's hard. And, you know, one of the things that's beautiful about Christianity is that it really allows for our unique journeys, um, unique family dynamics, and all the rest. So God gives us freedom with this command. And how I honor my parents may look different compared to how you honor your parents. And honoring a parent who has been abusive or not very kind, or who has abandoned us. This is a hard commandment. And, you know, us preachers, Don and I talk about this a lot. You know, when do you cross the line when you share something personal? When do you cross the line into sharing too much, too, TMI, right? But I, I want to say, you know, this, this was something I worked on in my life. My parents were divorced when I was very young. I don't remember my dad ever being at our home. And all through my growing up years, I would see him a couple weeks in the summer, 
and talk to him on the phone once a month because at that time, remember this, long distance was so expensive. <laughs> we talked maybe once a week. And that was it. And he lived in the Pacific Northwest and all through the country in Montana, Wyoming, with a job with Boeing, and he was absent. And that, you know, that's an important relationship. And I've had to deal with things in my own life, in my own marriage, that have been brought into that. Fears of abandonment. You know, all, so many things. And so for me, this is real. And I tell you my story, not that it becomes the story, or that, uh, oh, poor Steve, but rather I'm telling you this story because I believe in the power of the gospel. And that what God is telling us here is, I love you with an unconditional and furious love. I am your good father, your perfect father. And I have weighed you heavy, Steve, all of us. I have weighed you heavy. I take you seriously. And I love you. Now, it sounds really simple that that cures all our problems, right? It's not that simple, but can I tell you that through my life and through my relationship with God and through this gospel, I came to the point that I could honor my dad and even love him. And I knew, you know, we're all mid-journey, right? I have a friend who just passed away, who's, who, one of his favorite sayings, we are all mid-journey. <laughs> We're not, we are all people in process. And you know, as I got to know my dad and spent time with him later in young adulthood, I realized, wow, you know, in fact, I even said this at his memorial, funeral. I think he did the best he could with what he was given. I look at his life, wow, talk about rough. And so, in God's grace, I honored him as best I could. And that was healing for me. And see, God never asks us to do anything that God hasn't already done for us. So when God says, you know, love your enemies, talk about a hard commandment, love those who have hurt you, for your own good. Forgive those who have hurt you deeply for our own good. I think the only way we can do that sometimes is by knowing that we've been forgiven, that we've been loved, that God weighs us heavy and can heal. And I tell you, I've been with people who have experience worse than me. I, you know, terrible. I remember one woman I walked through this journey with. Terrible abuse. Hor horrible. And she wanted to get things right with her dad before he died. And she, I, I, can't, I can't believe she did it, but she honored him. And it was good for her. So is this possible? 
I think it is. Is it easy? No. But is it for our good that we honor our parents, our father and mother, no matter how broken they may be? Yeah, I think it is. Let's pray together. God, we, we thank you that you have loved us with a perfect love, that this love can really set us free and make us whole and help us, gives us a capacity to love and to honor beyond ourselves. Lord, help us to get, to let go of some of us need to, let go of some of the hurt that we've experienced in our relationship with our parents. Oh, I pray for anyone here who's struggling with this, that you would help them to let go of the bitterness or anger, give them power to forgive and give them power to honor and help them to see their parents through your eyes. And God, for great parents, for great families, we give you, we give you thanks. And I pray that we could all, uh, who have experienced that, could be grateful and, and celebrate and express our gratitude to our parents. And we pray all these things in Christ's name. Amen. Well, let's go ahead and take.